Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. I was in the car riding with my family, and I uh, kids were saying something in the back, and my wife spun around real quick and said, we don't believe in karma. And I said, oh, wow, okay, she's kind of coming strong with that. And, um, and then, she, then she turned around and said it again, we don't believe in karma. And, um, and then uh, the kids kind of chuckled and they said, no, Mom, car mode. The phone is on car mode and we can't get the music to play. Car mode. True story. It's pretty funny. Let's pray. God, thank you that you would just touch our ears, let us hear what you want us to hear today, and thank you that as we open up your scripture that we can focus on you, we can make you the center of our lives, and God, as we follow you and pursue you, God, you make us successful in this life, because it's your good pleasure to bless your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, uh, last week we started a series called No Other Gods. Say that really loud with me. No Other Gods. No Other Gods. And we're talking about how easy it is for other priorities to begin to come into our life and get up on the same level as God. Sometimes some of our priorities might be even higher than God. And so... It's the same as there being another God in our life when a priority raises up to the level that God is in our life. So God keeps reminding us uh, through scripture, through messages, that any way that we can get it, that we shall have no other gods. Um, And we've been looking at the Ten Commandments, and which is the foundation for us understanding the nature of our relationship with God. And the first of the Ten Commandments says just that in Exodus 20, verse 3. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. So I want to take a look at that again today. And the particular topic I want to speak to you about today is evicting all the old gods. Say that with me one time. Evicting all the old gods. So before the children of Israel came into their promise, their promised land, and they received the blessing that God had uh, really predestined for them to have, he gave them this warning before they went in. And this is in Deuteronomy 18.9. He said, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example... Never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. And do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or catch spells, cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers. But the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. So 
there are some things that seem completely normal to the culture that is completely unacceptable for us as Christians. There are some customs that are detestable to the Lord. There are some things that are a part of the culture, he was telling them, of the new land. You don't need to get a part of that. Don't imitate those customs of the culture. These customs, these parts of the culture are completely detestable to the Lord. These things seem normal to the culture, but they are unacceptable to God. I hope that you're able to hear this and begin to apply some of this to your life. There are some things that seem normal to the culture, our culture, but are detestable to God. There are some cold customs in South Florida, amen, that are unacceptable for us as Christians, right? And there are some things even within our individual cultures that we have to realize we need to take a look at and we need to, get, we need to remove from our lives. God is saying, do not repeat these customs that are detestable. Some parts of our culture do not belong in our lives as new, new creations in Christ Jesus. So God says, do not imitate these customs. Oh, but my mama did it. No. Oh, but my uncle did it. No. My grandparents did it this way. No. If it's a part of the customs that are unacceptable to God, don't do it. We must not imitate the customs the Lord detests. Which customs are we talking about? Which customs need to be weeded out? Anything that is connected to the worship of anything other than God. What do we need to weed out, right? For some people, that might be sitting in front of the TV and and watching sports and making sports for God. For some people, it might be politics. For some people, it might be business. For some people, it might be money. For some people, it might be something more traditional. Which customs need to be weeded out? God loves all peoples and all people groups. But the enemy has left a footprint, if we're honest with ourselves. He's left a footprint in all of our cultures. And we have to be able to identify what is a beautiful part of our heritage and what are the customs that are detestable to the Lord that need to be weeded out and removed. Can you receive that? Will you allow me to step on some uh, sacred cows today? We've been called to holy living. Do you know what that means, that word holy? It means set apart. And specifically, what we've been set apart is for Him. We've been set apart for Him. So no, now we no longer can mess with anything pertaining to other gods because we've been set apart for God's express purpose. Your purpose is to be filled with God and to do the purposes of God and the things that He's designed you to do. And part of that is in a a very spiritual way and some of those things are in a very practical way. But it's the purpose and the design that God has for us. And there's this one point that I think we have to understand about God. That God is complete all by Himself. God is God All by himself. His word is complete. His promises are complete. His principles are complete. God is complete. The work he did with Jesus is complete. What Jesus did on the cross is complete. You don't need anything supplemental. Look at somebody and tell them, you don't need anything else supplemental. 
when you have Jesus, you, you are complete. You have everything you need. You don't need Jesus in crystals. You don't need Jesus in prayer beads. You don't need Jesus in dream catchers. You don't need Jesus in statues of people. You don't need to pray to Jesus and also pray to people or saints or the Virgin Mary. You only need Jesus. Jesus is complete. There's no place actually in Scripture that tells us to pray to anybody else than the triune God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you look at it in Scripture, every time somebody tried to bow down and worship an apostle or an angel, what did they say? Stop. Don't do that. Only give glory to God. Only give glory to God. I am just a man. What did Paul say? I am just a man. What did Peter say? I am just a man. Give glory to God. If you have Jesus, you're complete. Can we go a little further? If you have Jesus, you don't need rituals to get jobs. You don't need rituals to keep jobs. You don't need rituals to get pregnant. You don't need charm bracelets. You don't need red cords. All this is detestable to the Lord. It's not that it just doesn't mix with Christianity. God says, I despise these practices. This is a part of the cultures of this world that I don't want you to imitate. The Bible says, behold, now you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all... Can somebody say all with me? All things have become new. If you're a Christian, you don't need a sign. You don't need a horoscope. That's a different religion, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. That's astrology. It's not Christianity. And so the problem comes when Christians don't have a knowledge of these things, and so they begin to mix and intermingle with different faiths. God is saying, I am God alone. I don't need you to look at the stars. I need you to look to me. When Jesus died on the cross, he, it says the, the veil to the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, which symbolizes the fact that now we can go directly to the Father and pray directly to the Father. You don't have to pray through a priest. You can talk directly to your heavenly Father. You don't need an intermediary. And God wants it that way because God wants to spend time with us and develop a relationship with us. So he designed it that way. We have to stop looking at the stars. I'm not a Taurus. I'm a Christian. I don't identify with a sign. I identify with Jesus. I press towards the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. I belong to God. He knows the plans he has for me declares the Lord. So if I want to know what the plans that he has, I go and ask him. I don't try to figure it out, conjure it out, ask somebody different. I can go directly to him. And he wants to spend time with us. Do you know that? God wants to spend time with us. He wants you and me to seek him out and to ask him. He wants to give you directions. And if you're having trouble hearing God, that's okay. There's people in the church that have prophetic ministry, that have prophetic gift. Paul said, I I wish that you would all prophesy. 
the desire is that, that everybody hear from God and be able to speak um, the things that they're hearing God say to them. But there's people in the church. There's people in the house. You don't have to go out. You don't have to go to other secular religions. You don't have to go to psychic. There's people in the house that have a prophetic gift. If you're having trouble hearing, they can help and they can pray with you and you will hear something. You will, you will walk away. I think about this, and I want you to think about this for a second. If you go to a psychic, if you go to a medium, if you go to a fortune teller, if you go to a palm reader, if God has a plan for your life, do you think that the devil has a plan for your life as well? The Bible says in John 10, 10, he says, um, the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. So God has a plan to give you life and life more abundantly. The devil has a plan, right? To kill, steal, and to destroy. Guess what plan you're listening to when you listen to psychics and mediums and fortune tellers that God told you not to listen to? You're not listening to his plan. You're hearing a plan, absolutely, a plan from the spirit, spiritual dimension. But it's not God's plan. So God says, don't imitate those customs. Don't be like those other cultures in this matter. God refuses to mix with other religions. Will you say that with me? God refuses to mix with other religions. He said, I will have no other gods before me. There was this moment in um, the history, in, in Israel's history, when they had gotten away from God and they were doing the wrong things and, and they... We're going into battle, and instead of having a lifestyle of seeking God and, and honoring God, they said, oh, we're just going to conjure something up with bringing the ark into battle. Said, we, we want to try to manipulate God by bringing the ark. And they ended up getting the ark of the covenant captured. So the enemy, the Philistines, captured the ark, and the enemy put the ark in the temple of Dagon. And when they came in the next morning, the statue of Dagon was prostrate, bowed down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And so they, 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 they put Dagon back up. They put the statue back up, right? And they came in the next morning, and there he was again, bowed down. And this time he's broken into pieces. Because God will not share the God space with anybody else. And... The children of Israel had, had kind of gone through a season of unfaithfulness. That's how they lost the ark in the first place. So that's a cautionary tale to us too. When we start to raise up gods in our life, guess what? God leaves. Right? Because he won't share the God space with anybody else. We have to root the old things out of our life. The old things, the old customs that belong to the old culture that are detestable to the Lord. We heard about it in the Old Testament. Let's look in the New Testament. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. It's good and perfect and pleasing. So, don't conform, transform. If you're looking for answers in your life, 
Don't conform, transform. Conform, the shortcut is going, looking at a horoscope, going to a fortune teller. That's conforming. Transforming is saying, I'm going to get into the word of God. I'm going to get around people that are focused on God. I'm going to develop my relationship with God. And God is going to clarify because it says, don't, don't conform, but be transformed and then renew your mind. Then you'll be able to know. You'll be able to know exactly what you're supposed to do with your life. Far too many of us walking around in this life saying, what do I do? What am I called to do? What am I supposed to do? What's my purpose in life? Develop your relationship with God. Don't conform to the way everybody else in the world, the world's culture is, but be transformed. Get around some people that are transformed. Get into the word that can transform you. Start praying and get in relationship with the person that transforms, which is Jesus Christ. And then it will begin to be revealed to you what is good, what is pleasing, what is perfect. When Paul was saying don't conform to the ways of this world, he was dealing with a Greek culture. He was the apostle sent to the Greeks, right? The Gentiles. And these people had strongholds in their life. Both their customs were flesh, sins of the flesh, and sins of the spirit. So they had fleshly hang-ups, right? Lust and money and greed and stuff like that. But they also, their culture had idolatry, right? They had all these Greek gods that they were worshiping. So now they loved God, but they had all these customs that they had to address. All these old habits that their families did for generations that had to be addressed. They loved God. They had just come to God. They had a passion for God. But there's these things in their life that were the remnants of the old life that needed to be addressed. Remnants of the old culture that were detestable to God that needed to be addressed. Is it really any different for us 2,000 years later? We come to Christ with a passion to love God and a passion to follow Him and a passion to seek Him out, but yet we still have some of these old customs? Some of them we're aware of. Some of them we're completely unaware of. We're just, they seem normal to us. But God is saying, don't imitate this part of the culture anymore. Get it out of your life. Because it's standing between you and God. It's standing between you and the blessing. It's standing between you and the promises of God. These old habits, these old routines that are connected to the worship of other things. And it might be a traditional God. It might be a, a, another religion. Or it might just be something that's become a higher priority than it needs to be. God is saying, don't imitate those customs. Evict the old gods. It's time to evict old habits, old customs that were there because of old gods. Sometimes we've, what's obvious has been evicted. What we understand and perceive of the God has been evicted, but the remnants of that God still persist. And those things have to be weeded out of our lives and sometimes we pick up things we come to Christ but then we also pick up other things and we don't realize what we've actually picked up but if we've been called to live holy lives we have to analyze those things and say is there something that 
is from my past or something that I've picked up? Is there something, God, that you want to highlight in the season of my life that I need to weed out so that I can grow in my relationship with you, so that I can grow as a person and grow as a spiritual being? I'm on a journey with God, and I want to grow. I want to remove things that, that limit my growth and stunt my growth and, and, and keep me from the blessing. I was watching a, a movie with, with my wife and um, I just felt this thing in my spirit and I, I, about this piece of art that was in our house. And we paused the movie and I talked to her about it and I took the piece of art and I took it outside of the house and threw it away. As Christians, we all pray, right? How many times have you prayed over your business to be blessed? Prayed of your family to be blessed? You ever prayed that you would sell merchandise and that, that God would bless you? It's not a trick question. How many think that people in other religions have prayed over their merchandise? And sometimes there can be a spiritual attachment to that thing that you have in your house. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says, get rid of this thing. Get rid of that bracelet. Get rid of this thing, this object that's in your house. I'm not trying to be over the top, but we pray over stuff. Don't you think that other people pray over stuff? Sometimes God will say, remove that from your life. Remove that from your house. There have been a couple things that I've thrown away over the years. I don't do it to be religious, but I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says, even if I just catch a hint, you need to get rid of this. Whether it's a physical thing or whether it's something that's dominating my time, dominating my thought life, I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I want to take anything out of my life that will limit me having a greater and greater relationship with God. There are items that people have prayed over. Charms, amulets, things that have been a part of witchcraft, ceremonies. People that have done witchcraft over their businesses and merchandise. Praying, not to God, but praying that it would sell. The Bible says, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Be wise. What am I telling you? You don't have to get weird or superstitious, but... the Holy Spirit says something to you. Just do it. Just do it. It's not difficult. It's like being in a relationship with a father. When he says, hey, make this adjustment in your life. Cut this out of your life. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I don't want anything in my house, symbolically or physically, that would keep me from serving God to the way and to the degree that he would want me to. There is a relationship that God desires to have with us. He wants to give us the very best. But at the same time, the devil is trying to sneak in and sabotage our relationship with God. While God is trying to bless you and satisfy you and 
bring good things into your life. The devil is trying to come in and bring a counterfeit and sabotage the blessing and your relationship with him. God has explained to us the way that this works. In his word, he's explained to us the way that he works, that he will have no other gods before him. Whomever he's in relationship with, whomever he's in covenant with, that person can have only him. This is how God works. It's all him or it's not him at all. It's all him or it's not him at all. He's God alone. God's love for us is unconditional. It's huge. It's powerful. It's hard to wrap your head around. But his covenant is conditional. Right? Follow me here. Salvation is conditional. You don't have to do a lot of things, but the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. That's the condition. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Accept Christ for who he is. Follow him and receive eternal life. God's love is unconditional. He will always love us. But his promises are conditional. Why? It's a covenant. It's a relationship. If I want my wife to respond in certain ways to me, I have to respond in certain ways to her. Because it's a relationship. If I have a good friend in my life and I want them to invest in me, I'm going to invest in them. It's a relationship. God could do all of it, yes. But he desires to have relationship. He doesn't just want to be your sugar daddy. He wants a two-way relationship. I think some people understand that that's that's their theology. They think God is a sugar daddy. He just gives you everything you want. Name it, claim it, you get it. God is like a good, good father. He has the very best in store for us. But he has some expectations one of those expectations is that we would have no other gods before him would you stand with me today I want to open up the altar that if you say I have something I want to lay down whether it's something physical or whether you just want to come down to the altar and you want to say it with your mouth God I lay this down if the Spirit is, is just tugging on you, we're going to sing this song, and I want you just to feel free. If that's you and you want to do that, you come down. There's something about saying, God, I don't want to leave here. I don't want to leave here with anything else in the God space in my life. We... realize sometimes heaven is like a courtroom 
And the Bible says the enemy is, the, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. When we have other gods in our lives, the devil comes as a prosecuting attorney into heaven and he says, you can't give that person that blessing because they have another God in their life. You can't bless this person that way. You can't do this thing because they've been disqualified and God won't go against his word. But when we repent, when we say, God, I'm laying this down. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm changing. You know who comes to our aid? Jesus. Jesus Jesus is our high priest. He's our mediator. He's the one that goes before God and says, but they've repented. And now they're covered by what I did on the cross. The enemy has no claim to their life. The enemy has no ability to block their blessing. As we sing this song, if that's you, I just want you to come. If you want to come and stand, if you want to come and kneel, I just want God. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.